1: What's up everybody, welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Monday, July 19th, two days after the LA Galaxy played, uh, you know, I would say, you know, mediocre game against the Whitecaps, you know, they didn't get the job done. Um, but we're here to talk about it all. We're going to discuss it, break it down. We're also going to talk about some, uh, some Gold Cup, what we saw from Mexico, what we saw from the U.S., but here to help me talk all about that. We got Alex from Total Galaxy. We got Andy Diosa and then full-time Johnny. How you guys doing?
2: Good, man, good. Just busy as always, man, having a good time, watching some soccer.
0: Andy, what jersey are you wearing? This is Deportivo Independiente Medellin. Uh, you know, I told you I, every time I'm gonna show from here on out, I gotta wear a soccer jersey. And I'm kind of getting nervous because I feel like you invited me on to see if I run out, and I'm not gonna run out.
3: <laughs> <Okay. laughs> well, is that like a Colombian team? I think, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: okay, okay. okay. Yep. okay. Yeah, team. Where's your jersey,
1: Alex? You usually wear some jerseys. What happened?
3: Uh, not today, bro. It's hot. I just had to wear white, I was wearing black <laughs> for last week, and I'm like, hell no, not that anymore. So I'm just Dude, rocking the white. I'm, I'm I'm with you. It, it
1: is hot. It's also hot in my apartment. Um, I got a I've got the fan going and stuff. But man, it's it's been it's been a hot week in LA. But yeah, man, let's let's talk about the Gold Cup. Obviously, you know, uh, we'll talk about the US. They ended up winning one zero. Uh, you know, they ended up playing in Kansas City. I think the one thing that was pretty cool. I don't know if you guys saw that, but Patrick Mahomes was at the game. Um, he showed up there. So it's always cool to see when you know you have other athletes from other sports come come in support. Uh, you know, the U.S. team and, and, you know, support the city as well because it was was played at the uh, Sporting Kansas City Stadium. Uh, Alex, what were your thoughts on the
3: U.S. men's National Team? uh Really sluggish game, to be honest. Like, uh, the U.S. were lucky they scored within the first minute because after that it was just really hard to watch. Uh, Jossie Sardes and Daryl DK did not look good. They didn't complement one another well. And, you know, luckily Burhalter, you know, found that out in the group stage and not, let's say, you know, semifinals or even the final, you know, if he wanted to experiment that, so that was kind of a blessing of the in disguise, really. And then Busio and Acosta kind of weren't really playing up to par, you know. Busio is getting his new move to Venecia in Italy soon. He's going to get a, a Sporting case here can get a buttload of money for that young player who's really good. He's a stud, man. But overall, um the USMNT really were kind of lucky to come away with a win. Canada had some decent chances, just that finishing touch wasn't there and you know another concern for them is walker zimmerman you know he's their main defender main center back the captain of the team so about to see what is up with his injury and how it'll affect the team because the on the defensive end of uh the spectrum for this team most of the players are like getting their maybe like third or fourth cap with the national team you know so they're being put in this position really early and in a really crucial time of the tournament yeah and i mean they did. They did get
1: the win. I think they won all all three games. They won, got nine points. They're going to be fir- their first in their group, and they're on to the quarterfinal. Uh, Johnny, what, what were your thoughts? We know Sebastian Lejeck got the assists of the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're all happy about that. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's a little frustrating watching the U.S. play these types of games because you want them to, I mean, outperform everyone. Um, but mostly, this tournament has kind of been lackluster, and for us, especially the U.S. men's national team. And it felt the same way against Canada. It felt like we were just kind of, you know, taking the foot off of the pedal the entire game. We weren't being creative. We weren't trying to make chances. The chemistry was off with the team. And, you know, I feel like it wasn't really a win, even though we, we got 1-0 right away. It didn't really walk away. I didn't walk away thinking that was a win. I didn't feel like it was. And at the end of the day, when we play the when we play Canada, and, you know, we want to beat Canada every time, especially on our home turf. We want to dominate because... We're probably gonna play mexico at some point of this tournament, probably, and like you have to ask yourself do you really think that the u s men's national team this national team can play mexico i I don't think so
1: yeah I think that, that that's an interesting question right and obviously if they do play now the way the, the their tournaments set up they they would face each other uh in the final uh Andy what were your thoughts on this game?
0: yeah basically everything you guys already said um i mean the most important thing is they did get the win so I was actually on the uh, on the post game call with Berhalter, and he he was kind of just like, "Hey man, this is this is not great. This was tough. It's really weird to me that they were talking about the weather, which I don't understand why that was the case, but um, it, it was it was weird. I think this is the fear that we all had coming into this tournament when we saw the team that that Berhalter was bringing. It's like this is an experimental team. It's a way to try to get these players some minutes to kind of see what he has to move forward when it comes to qualifiers, but." You guys are right. If it wasn't for that early goal, you know, we're talking maybe about a completely different game. Uh, Canada was up for it. And obviously, when you're playing a game of, I guess, that magnitude, that rivalry, you're going to have that intensity. And the U.S. really never brought it besides those opening minutes. So, um, yeah, a little a little worrisome because now you're moving into the to the quarterfinal stage. And the way that the bracket set up and what we saw from El Salvador, which I'm sure we'll speak about, is like, that's not gonna be an easy game for for the US if they if they are to advance the to semifinals so um you know you get you get a good sensation after they have that you know that nation's league win or whatever the hell they call that that two game tournament um, and now you're like kind of taking a step back and seeing hey could these youngsters get it done so um it leaves a lot to be desired but hey it's a long week you know they don't play again until the weekend so maybe they could have a good uh, a good regroup and then go from there but yeah it wasn't it wasn't too uh, impressive at all
3: Andy gave me another reason why I'm not confident in Berhalter talking about the weather <laughs> in a game that really wasn't that, you know, good looking for the team. I'm still not sold on Berhalter yet, you know, but that's just me. I'll let you guys, you know, keep going. Well, I was, I was going to say, uh, I have been
1: to Kansas City. Uh, it does get pretty humid. Uh, I know, I know that they've played in Texas and stuff, and I know it also gets pretty humid there. So I think they may be talking about the, the humidity out there because in the Midwest, the humidity is, it's not, it's, it's like weird. It's, 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 difficult to explain but it it, it is hard to play um if you're not used to obviously if you come from the west coast or even if you come from like uh, arizona where i've lived the dry heat it doesn't compare because it's it's hard to breathe and uh, what they were playing like what two three o'clock in the west west coast time um so i know it was probably pretty pretty hot and pretty difficult for them so i i think that had to do something with it but but then again these guys are pros yeah, you definitely expect more out of these guys. And I think you also was talking about the sink. They, they don't look like they, they should be as sink, obviously. You know, there's there's a couple moving pieces. Maybe could you use a different formation or anything like that? But to your point, Andy, yeah, El Salvador, you know, talking to our next topic, you know, we had Mexico versus El Salvador. El Salvador gained a lot of respect from me because I, I, expected, to, I expected Mexico to win, but I was like, okay, they'll probably be able to win like 2-0 or something like that, something very defining. But it, Mexico really struggled. Uh, to 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 play against El Salvador, if if it wasn't for Chaka Rodriguez's goal, um, even the keeper had a couple blocks on uh, Funes Mori. But Alex, what what were your thoughts on on the Mexico versus El Salvador game?
3: I uh, I think we can all agree. You know, El Salvador really showed us that they're up for the occasion, really. And this game was really vital for El Salvador. They needed these three points in order to win the group. So did Mexico. So you know, this game wasn't going to be you know walk in the park for either team. They're both playing with something on the line. You know. They can. If El Salvador won, they literally would have changed the entire bracket and literally everybody's predictions on if we would have a USA-Mexico final. El Salvador played really well with the ball. Were really able to be aware of the spaces Mexico was kind of giving them at times. And then you know Funes Mori, you know, had a good chances but just couldn't you know finish it there. I would say that's maybe the first bad game from Funes Mori with the Mexican national team. I, I know he's a really good striker in Mexico, and I think he'll bounce back. He's shown it in the Gold Cup with some great goals so far. And overall, this Mexican team, I think, you know, uh, after the Nations League final, it feels like they're kind of missing something, you know. The the confidence that they had, that swagger, it doesn't really seem to be translated too much uh, on the pitch now than compared to the games that they played beforehand, the Nations League final. So I think Mexico is still trying to find their way. And, you know, obviously the injury to Chucky Lozano is really going to change the team and just how they're thinking and, and all that stuff, too. So they're obviously dealing with uh, a bit of a bit of that in the background as well. But Mexico were able to get the job done. Hopefully they have some stronger performances in the knockout stage. But I really think uh, El Salvador, we learned a lot more than El Salvador from El Salvador than we did from Mexico this game. Yeah, we de- we definitely did. Uh, John Johnny, what, what were your thoughts on this matchup?
2: Yeah, I mean, Alex pretty much touched up on everything perfectly. Uh, at the beginning of this tournament, when I saw Mexico's lineup with Chucky, uh, and you know, obviously Jonah, I mean, as a sub is great. Um, and, but the problem is, is that the second Chucky was gone, the entire competitive edge of Mexico wasn't there because I felt like the big game changer for the entire tournament with Mexico was that the U S men's national team, we didn't have any of our best guys. This is our C team. And we all kind of own that. If I if we lose to Mexico, I don't think we're going to take it as personal as we usually do with that in mind. And then having Mexico with Lozano was like, oh man, this, this, this tournament, like we're done. It's it is what it is. Um, but it's it's kind of showing that like Mexico's not really recovering well. I still think that they're a better team than the US men's national team currently. Um, but they still have a lot of work to do with this tournament. And it seems like they've also been playing catch-up a lot as well. Um, I mean, they've been possessing a lot better than the U.S. has in their games. Uh, They've looked a lot better than the U.S. has in their games. But even with that being said, they still look like they have tons of holes in their game.
1: Yeah. No, and I I think that's the the thing that makes it interesting. You talk about Chuki Now uh, Pizarro is going to be able to come come in and place. play. Uh, I think CONCACAF allowed some COVID. Um, I forget the word, but it allowed to bring in a player because of COVID. Uh, someone got COVID or anything like that injury-wise. So is going to come in. Uh, he hasn't looked good with, with Miami. He hasn't done too much. So we'll see how much he's able to help Mexico uh, with that. But um, while well, I go to you, Andy, I'm going I'm to I'm show up, I'm going to show the CONCACAF uh, uh, Gold Cup bracket uh, and give us your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys touched on the, the Mexico part of it. Uh from El Salvador, I think they were just very composed and I, I think that was the most impressive part of, of how they played. Like you go into that game, I mean, in your mind you're kinda of thinking, All right, man, you know, we have nothing to lose here. I'm sure they're they're gunning for, you know, we're gonna win this and we're gonna, you know, try to do our best. But the stadium looked like it was uh more Salvador fans than Mexico fans, which was a, a big talking mm-hmm. point. They played. They played hard. Like they, they, like Alex said, you know, if they would have won, they would have thrown everything off completely. So they were up for the challenge, the same way that Canada was up for the challenge against the US. And I think that kind of translated through the ninety minutes. Honestly, at the end, those last thirteen minutes, I was like, "There's no way that they don't get this equalizer here," and that's yeah. all they really needed. So it's good to see, man. It's good to see because when you talk about the CONCACAF, you talk about these teams that sometimes the competition is, is very not up to par. And when you're trying to qualify for a World Cup or play in these tournaments, like you need some competition levels that are you know that are going to challenge you and it can't just be the same three with mexico u.s and costa rica here and there so it's good to see canada play to that level against the u.s it's good to see salvador play to that level against mexico um and from the mexico side i mean i'm not as impressed i mean the same the same way with the u.s like you come in expecting a certain thing but besides the early goal itself i'm like you know i didn't i didn't see anything i was like wow they, of course they were a lot more composed and obviously tata has has a you know has a system that he wants to play and he's able to do that but There's still a lot more to be seen. I mean, I would not be shocked to see something crazy happen within these these next few rounds when it comes to Mexico or the U.S. I mean, I know they have the perception that they have to be in the final. It has to be them two against each other. But I wouldn't be shocked either way if something crazy happened.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, like uh, El Salvador uh, definitely surprised everybody, like I said earlier. But if we look at the bracket, obviously in the quarterfinals, El Salvador is already qu- qualified. The quarterfinals, obviously the U.S. on the left hand side, obviously Mexico, and then obviously Canada. I will be at the game next Saturday, so I'm excited to see that. And I, right now, look, it's shaping up that Mexico is going to play against Qatar. That's where it's shaping up right now. But I think they still got to play tomorrow, I believe, to, to define that, to define uh, the quarterfinal spots for everybody. But uh, yeah, look, if you look at uh, El Salvador. Um they could pretty much uh yeah, they're, 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 they 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 could face uh the US if, if, if they continue to play like they did yesterday. And, that, and that's not gonna be an easy game for the US. I mean it's gonna be a very difficult game because I, I really felt like the reason why Mexico struggled, it wasn't because Mexico wasn't playing well, is because Osavo is that good. And they were there were a free kick away from tying the game and from literally putting uh, Mexico, uh, uh on, on the, on the second place, uh, on, on the group. And they were literally just away cause he had been Talavera. And I mean, and to your point, you know, there was, there's more El Salvador fans at the game at the, at the combo than Mexico fans. And you rarely, rarely, rarely see that here in the United States, but uh, it goes to show how much, uh, you know, how, how much of the South America, Central American people are here in the U S cause I, I just felt, I just thought that it was only in, in Los Angeles, but you know, I was wrong in Dallas, Texas, you know, for them to show up and and, and those and that amount of numbers, uh, I it was pretty exciting. And then, you know, if we talk about in the future, uh, El, El Salvador is going to potentially play their their home games in the U.S. So that that's going to be big for them because I think I, I don't know what's going on in their country. I, I believe it's COVID related, but they're not going to be playing um, their games at home and they're going to be playing at, at, at in the U.S. So if if they have a crowd like that, I mean, if they come to L.A., I mean, it's, it's a home field advantage for them either way. But, um, but yeah, so we'll see, we'll see what happens in these quarterfinals. But quickly, I want to give some uh, shout outs to people in the chat. Tony Bonola says, hey, y'all, uh, uh, Galaxy Guy Podcast says, saludos, hermanos. Um, G-Man says, what's up? And G-Man always with the, he said, be sure to give thumbs up to the video. The algo, G-O-Loki told me that everyone, that thumbs up gets a free <laughs> subscription <laughs> to his only fans. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have
0: the
1: I, I don't I don't I, I I i look if I if I didn't care about if I was a girl and I could make a million dollars, I would think about it. But then again, you know, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's not for me. But you know, <laughs> hey, look, shout out to everybody that that is willing to do that and, you know, willing not to care about about their dignity and stuff because it's I don't know. That, that That is for a G-man and his friends, but not for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, let, let's talk about the, the LA Galaxy, man. The LA Galaxy. Man, we thought this was a for-sure win. Like, I, I thought this was a for-sure win. I, I forgot who I was talking to. I was going to the L- LAFC game. I was like, nah, they're going to win. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be... I told game three zero the game, games. 3-0 minimum. Yeah, yeah. Even the, well, I think I was talking to you, Andy. I was like, it's, it's a for-sure win. Even if uh, Chicharito's not playing, they're going to win. And, obviously, that was not the case um they were up in the what like the four the first four minutes of the game you know revolution ended up scoring a header which was uh pretty amazing but um Alex give give me your thoughts going into this game
3: so yeah you you know you guys said it perfectly on the play for me you know this was seen on paper as the easiest match going into this road trip Vancouver haven't looked good in the past week missing a lot of their key players their goalkeeper and their best player overall in Cavallini both representing Canada at the Gold Cup. So, you know, that's a little bit easier for the Galaxy as well. You know, and beforehand, you know, in the last game they played against the Whitecaps, they did struggle a bit. The Galaxy, you know, F. Ryan Alvarez got that game-winning goal. So I came in with the mentality that, hey, we'll win, but I think this will be a little bit harder than people make it to seem. And it eventually just became just hard for the Galaxy afterwards because the Galaxy definitely were the better team in the first half, but everything just definitely collapsed after the second half. And you could see that both on a defensive and offensive standpoint, the offense was a lot more sluggish and just really playing a lot more sloppy. You're seeing all these long balls going in and nobody's near there. These passes that are getting intercepted easily that, you know, even I on the screen could anticipate that this pass is going here and there, you know, that's something, you know, you shouldn't really be as a fan watching this game. Something you should be seeing from your team when you can easily anticipate what passes are going to which player, because the opposition also has that mentality in mind as well. And, defensively you know for the i think it was the second goal um you could see the communication just wasn't there three players committing on one player leaving another player open and scoring the game winning goal eventually so it was really frustrating night um not the way that you want the galaxy to show up with the team that's in last place and then having to stay there at uh, rio tinto stadium because they're playing rsl midweek so I, I'm, you know, Ethan Zubach said it before this team's trying not to win, try not to lose back to back games. So we'll see if they can bounce back against RSL who they did lose to LAFC, but I still think they're a dangerous team, you know, win or lose, whatever their last result was. I still think they're a dangerous team. And if the guys can get a result there, then it's definitely going to help out when they go face Dallas.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not gonna be uh an easy game with ours. So um, though, though I think the positive about this is that they didn't have to travel they were they were able to, able to stay there. But I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna pull up the, the lineup here so we can talk about the lineup. Uh but Johnny, yeah, give me give me your thoughts on um what you thought about this game uh and the and the way the galaxy played.
2: See, I think the best part about the MLS is that you can lose games. You can be third, fourth place and still win the MLS Cup and still win the trophy at the end. And I think Greg Vanny understands that. That's why he's a master class manager within this league. Now, with that being said, do I think Greg Vanny thought this would be you know, a tie or a loss? Absolutely not. All of us went into this game saying we know we can win this game. But with this being said, we're still, I know, and I hate to beat the dead horse here, but we're still rebuilding. This year... Is our is actually a rebuilding year? As Galaxy fans, we all know that we've been saying this every single year since 2014. Oh, we're rebuilding. We're rebuilding. Re- we're rebuilding. Nope, this is actually a rebuilding year. So even if this season doesn't go the way as we as planned, even if we lose to Salt Lake and we lose to Vancouver and the worst teams, the fact that we have something to take away from each of those games is positive. Yes, that was such a disappointing game against uh, Vancouver. The effort didn't seem like it was 100%. There were so many mistakes. The Derek Williams was kind of like everywhere. Like It mm-hmm. seemed like a mess. But all of it was easy fixes. And to think that this, we haven't actually been in a 100% team since the start of the season, that's pretty amazing. We haven't had all of our starters ever this season yet. And we're doing pretty good with that in mind. So obviously, I'm disappointed about the game but I'm not disappointed about the season. I'm not disappointed about the team. I think that all these things are easy fixes and in time um, we're not going to have these problems.
1: Yeah, no, you make, you make a great point about the LA galaxy rebuilding, not just rebuilding, but also competing, you know, competing at a high level. I think they still sit third, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I mean, they're still set third without, you know, Chicharito, Jonah, Legette, you know, Efrain, but I want to look at the lineup. Obviously uh, you had Riafania, Derek Williams, DePuy, rock on the back, obviously Jonathan Bond and Gold, Kleshman, uh, Revolution, Vasquez, and obviously up top, you had Cabral, Zubak, and Grand Zur. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, I think the biggest thing was, uh, you know, Kevin Cabral not being able not being able to show up in this game because, I mean, he's a DP. He did get his goal, I believe, last last home game, you know, so I think, you know, we're expecting a team against the Whitecaps to be able, uh you know, to continue that. But, Andy, what were your thoughts on, on Kevin Cabral's uh, struggles in this game?
0: Yeah, it's getting to the point that, you know, and I think Vanny mentioned this, I think it was last week or somewhere in the middle of the week that he was happy to see him get his goal because, you know, that pressure, that pressure mounds up. And, you know, you're not just looking at these players like, oh, they have to score, they have to score. But in in Cabral's case, especially with Chicharito not being there, like he has to score. That is what him and and Gressar are out there to do. And obviously Cabral got his goal, not in this game, but has gotten his goal and Gressar is still looking for his. But you need to have, them be more of a factor in that attack and end. Um, and a game like this is the perfect opportunity, too, because like you guys mentioned, you know, you're not going into this game with the mindset like, all right, you know, we're going to struggle. This is... Credit to Vancouver. Vancouver, even the game that the Galaxy won, the first one that they played a few weeks ago, that was an easy game for them, and that F and I goal was beautiful, but it's a tough team, regardless of them being down there in the standings. But like Alex has mentioned, they're missing Cavallini, they're missing Cripple, who's a very good keeper. And like, you're... you're and you, you know, you have your players that are out, but If you look at that Galaxy lineup, that's a solid lineup. That's a lineup that you expect that could get three points easily, not just in that game, really anywhere in the league. You have somebody like Vasquez alongside who where two veterans that have played soccer for a while that are quality players. Um, And you kind of just, you were missing that. And it's that early goal mentality. Like you get that early goal, kind of like the U.S. You get that early goal, and now you're kind of like on your back feet trying to defend this. And Vancouver played an awful first half, and that's been the story of their season but this is the problem if the galaxy going into this game know these type of things like you have to at least get that second goal in that first half to alleviate what's going to happen because even the first goal that that vancouver scores whatever the case may be bond gets a good first block and it's a rebound but if you don't have cabral being a a, you know factor in that first half if you don't have grand serve you don't have zubak although he scored and it was called offside you you're not gonna you're gonna put yourself in these pressure situations so Cabral, we were all excited to see what he could bring because we know he's a a dynamic player and he's shown those flashes, but he still – it kind of reminds me of um – Brian Rodriguez mm-hmm. at LAFC, when we're kind of just you oh know, man, I was about to say that man, and it's like, you know, oh, like, man. he does so much, he does so much. Those are, so much good compar- those are- <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I mean, you know, I get wrong, what you're saying, like, yeah, you're and he's like, not wrong, he's he's making you're not
1: wrong, you're not wrong, but what and I was gonna like, say,
0: and it's like right, right there. So, like, I mean, I think that I think they could both be well, and I and I said this on the show before, and I've said this, you know, and like Johnny had mentioned, this is a rebuild, and these are players that are coming to a new country to get acclimated, but it's going to come a time that, you know, that, that period that you have of leeway is over. And then it's going to come a time that you're going to have to start living up to these expectations. And as the season goes on, you know, it's still early, they're still in third place, whatever. But if you think about how the weekend unfolded, Galaxy win this game, they're in second place. The gap closes against Seattle because Seattle loses. They yep. jump over Sporting KC without three of their best players. And now you're looking at a weekend that talks about this next RSL game, which is going to be at the same stadium, Speaking of Gregs and weather, Greg Vaney also talked about the weather after this game and the altitude. Good luck. You have another one coming up, RSL in the same place, against a team that's going to be a lot more difficult than Vancouver. And then you travel to Dallas, which is going to be hot as hell. So if you want to talk about that stuff, that's different. But, you know, it's it's, it's MLS. Johnny put it the best way. This is the best thing about MLS. You lose these games, it happens. I was at the Revs game two weeks ago. The day after uh, the game after Toronto fired their coach, best team in the East, worst team in the East, and, and the, uh, Toronto scored three goals in the first half in New England. Like, it's just... It's the craziness of this league. So, I wouldn't put too much weight on the loss itself. But, yeah, Cabral and Grasser have to be... Have to be... Have to give you more.
1: Yeah. And I think... I think you hit up on on a lot of great points, uh, especially with Kevin Cabral. Like, he is coming. um, I know... I know... Sometimes the patience kind of runs out when it, when it's a DP play, right? It, it runs out quick, I should say. I have, to me, it hasn't run out for Kevin Cabral. But especially, I think, when when you're playing the last team in the Western Conference um, and, you know, and everybody's expecting you. Obviously, Chicharito's not there. I think for Kevin Cabral, I think he's still getting, you know, acclimated. He's still getting – trying to get comfortable. And I think, you know, maybe he does feel some of the pressure. But I think for him, it's like um, – you know, he has. He's in a tough situation because he. You want to give him time, but at the same time, he's getting paid a lot of money. So you don't have to. A player like this, right? He should. He should typically acclimate a lot faster than other players, right? But it typically it's not always the case, and we've seen it with you know with players at LAFC. You know, we've seen it with Galaxy, and it's also the type of players that Galaxy have brought through the years, right? So it's, it's, it's very interesting because you're, you're kind of like a little bit like, all right, you know, we'll be patient with them. But at the same time, it's like how much patience is enough patience, right? Because it's it's also this year that they want to compete for a championship. Now, I don't think it's it's the worst and end all be all for Kevin Cabral for this game. I just think, you know, if he was able to impact the game in a different way, uh, he wasn't able to really impact the game. And I think that's what's really upsetting uh, to a lot of the fans. Um, with this with this performance, because if he was able to do something on the uh, offensive end or win a tackle or, or get an assist or something like that, like like Victor Vasquez, then then you're like, okay, he didn't score, but he got us on the board. His pass, his assist, he did something. But unfortunately, we didn't that we did not see that. So I kind of always wondered if he's either trying to do too much or he's who's overthinking what he has to do. Because I mean, the dude is great on the on the wing. I mean, I saw a lot more from Grand Sir in the game and being a, be able to attack, uh, and I think you, that you, you want both sides to be replicated on, on the left and right side wing. But unfortunately for Kevin Cabral, it was not the case. But talking about um, Victor Vasquez, I, I got his assist and I got the goal of Revolution. I don't play it here.
3: On the far side it goes again. Vasquez two assists on the year. Back in front, Revolution one nothing
1: Galaxy. Revolution running into space in front of his man. And gets a gets a clean header right outside the six, and a, and a player of his ability can just pick out wherever he wants to go with that one. And it's one to zero. Uh, Alex, give me your thoughts on um, Revolution and, and the job he's done for the other Galaxy.
3: Uh, yeah, Revolution definitely has been a revelation, really, uh, for this team. You know, um, over the past couple of years, you know, the team's been playing with around probably like two holding midfielders. I would say, you know, and then now with Revolution, you know, you can just have one, and that's him you know he's very versatile really quick great composure in the midfield and just great defender as well you know even the time he's played at center back he's looked really good and really solid um I've really liked him a lot and I think he's probably the best signing for the team so far over you know Bond and all these other players because he's making his impact known like immediately and he's not even like fully yet match fit yet you know he's still working in he's still you know barely getting more training with the staff and You know, still learning Vanny's system as well. So it's really impressive that he's gotten off to such a hot start, uh, really, in the league. And Victor Vasquez's assist was great. Vancouver did horrible when it came to, you know, pressuring uh, Vasquez. They gave him time to just sit there and pick out the pass perfectly. And you can't do that with Victor Vasquez. He's got great vision. He's a great passer of the ball. And he's had these crosses so many times put into the box for Galaxy players. You know, Cabral's had a couple headers he couldn't finish. And now you give one to Revolution and he puts it away easily. So that's something I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. We might see, you know, Revolution be that number one guy when it comes to headers to that Victor Vasquez, you know, cross into the box and, you know, somebody getting ahead on it and scoring. So uh, overall, great, you know, goal by Revolution and just great assist as well by Vasquez.
1: Yeah, no, I mean. Revolution, you know, had two goals already, and in the short time he's been with the other Galaxy, and both have been headers, man. I mean, you, you can barely see how talented he is. He can just play, you know, wherever you essentially, wherever you put him on the field. He's played, like you said, center back, played in the midfield, obviously getting these two goals. Johnny, Johnny, what are your thoughts on Revolution?
2: I mean, he's everything that we've needed. Same thing with Vasquez. It's for a long time we've wanted to have a midfield that keeps possession, that's not afraid of the one-on-one, that's not afraid to put the pedal to the middle when they need to. And these two players are the ones that do it. These two guys that we signed, Vasquez and Revolution. And I think games like that, even like with the Vancouver game, besides the goal, it's whenever I see them with the ball, I feel comfortable. And last season in 2020, there was only one player I think we all felt that with. Now it's Pavone. When he gets the ball, we're like, okay, cool. It's cool for like five seconds, but with Revolution and Vasquez, whenever they get the ball, we know we're okay. We know that we're in safe hands. It's that confidence that we haven't had for so long, and they bring that to every single game. And that's just what I absolutely like, love watching them play.
1: Yeah, no, I mean he, he's he's definitely an exciting player, and he's an offensive threat that I was not expecting uh, to see. I, obviously, you know he plays a d- defensive midfielder, um, but like I mean he, that that's just uh, that's just the cherry on top, right? For Revolution, he's able to get you on the board. Uh, Andy, what what are your thoughts on Revolution?
0: Yeah, he's acclimated. He's acclimated great, and I think that that process is what we expected from Kevin Cabral, and just, it hasn't happened. Like he's he just come, he just came in hot. He's played three games, scored two goals, already has more goals than Grand and Cabral combined. Like like you said, it's an offensive threat that you don't expect, but it's more so about what Johnny and Alex are talking about, players that make you feel comfortable and are able to control a game in that midfield. Um, you know, you can't – if you're looking for a moment right now, right, with the team being down a few players through injury, through goal cup, whatever the case may be, you're looking for players to pop out, and he's being that guy, that's going to go leaps and bounds. And I think that he's earning, you know – the trust of the the fans, the trust of the the staff and all that. I'm interested to see what happens when this team is at hundred percent, because now Greg has, has lined it up that he has the pieces that he wants. And I've said this earlier too on the show, you know, early in the season that this is going to allow Sebastian Legette to push forward and become so much more of a a problem in that attack, which is I think when the galaxy would be at their best, having Legette be more of an offensive minded player, not having to step back Mm -hmm. too much. And if you have a player like that there, It's going to ease up a lot of that. So I think that him playing this well already, obviously he was dealing with some cramps or whatever it was, which is why he came off, which is normal. Um, But having a player that's playing that well already is going to, it's going to, you know, be very, very impressive and very good for the Galaxy in the future when you get all these players back, hopefully at one point at 100% and have everybody to pick from.
1: Yeah, no, and I, and I think that's that's the biggest thing because right, obviously uh, a loss to the last place team it never never feels good. But if you can look past that, which I know it's hard if you're a Galaxy fan, you you can only think uh, after August first. That's when the Gold Cup uh, ends. That's the, that's when the final is August first. That you're gonna have these players back, like in a month, in a month from now, like you know, less than 30 days from now, you're gonna have your full team, hopefully healthy, hopefully available to play, and you you, you could be talking about this LA Galaxy being a real threat, right? Uh, Did you talked about Sebastian Legette? I would also add Efrain Alvarez. I think that that could open up the game for Efrain Alvarez a lot too. Um, you know, if he does play that, that that number ten role, but like you know, the possibilities are endless. But the only downside with all these guys being out Al- is the lineups. The, the 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 bench is really thin. Right. But that's 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 the most difficult thing about the LA Galaxy is that their bench is so thin uh, with every, with everything going on. And all these players are all these players, all these teams are missing players. But there's also all other MLS teams that are missing players as well. So I don't, I don't want to necessarily say, hey, this is an excuse but because everybody's going through the same thing, um, you know, but I think if you can look a little bit past you want to get the result. You, you don't want to, you know, come out with this road trip because right tomorrow and yeah, tomorrow they'll play RSL and then they travel to Houston. Uh, no Dallas, excuse me. They travel to Dallas, right? So it's like you don't you don't want to leave. Uh, you want to get some points on the road. Points on the road are always difficult, but you also want to get these while while these guys aren't here. Um, G man in the chat says Galaxy having bad luck with players named Kevin. Kevin Kitchen pissed off Zlatan, not Kevin <laughs> Cabral pissing <laughs> off Galaxy fans. <laughs>
3: Kevin Kitchen, man,
1: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Kevin Kitchen, man, that was that story made me laugh. I, I had to post that uh, on Instagram a couple weeks ago. But yeah, hey, Galaxy fans, you have every right to be upset with uh, Kevin Cabral, but I, I wouldn't hold it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold uh, a grudge necessarily because I think things may change within next couple of weeks. I unfortunately, I don't know if it's going to change next game, but, uh, you know, I think he does, he does need, uh, he does obviously benefit from like a, a player like Chicharito and, you know, having those other offensive weapons there. So let, let's talk about Chicharito. I think Greg Vanny said that he would be, uh, he'd be questionable. I think the last press call before the game, he talked about Chicharito being being questionable for Wednesday's game. I don't think Chicharito will play this game um, because or else he would he already would have flown there. But there is a possibility that, that he flies to ours, so it's not too far of a flight. But I think he just posted a picture. It uh, looks like he's still in L.A. Um, I'm just going off his picture. looks like it's in L.A. It could have just been taken. But I don't think he's going to be available. Uh, uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on uh, Chicharito potentially for tomorrow, playing tomorrow?
3: Um, You know, hopefully, that's as a Galaxy fan, that's what you want. You know, uh, top scorer of the team so far definitely has been missing. You know, Zubac's been, you know, all right, you know, so far. Uh, filling it at that void but has been spectacular or amazing um like i've mentioned you know at times his positioning uh attacking wise isn't really up there uh, or chicharito you know the thing that's so special about him is his movements in the box you know zubak can't really replicate that only chicharito can do that and he's he's known to do that so you know what you're getting out of chicharito with zubak you're still trying to figure that out as well um i, I would say for zubak and augie williams you know these three games were probably their chance to really impress and really, you know, be like, hey, we're capable bench strikers in case, you know, you need somebody off the bench or if, you know, some players injured, like right now Chijarito is, you know, because in MLS, you know, there's so many strikers and players that, you know, uh, when they have the opportunities, they can't capitalize and, you know, that's the last you hear of them, unfortunately, you know, and, you know, I really don't want that for Zubak or Augie Williams. I, I want them to stay with this team and I want them to be able to, you know, put... Uh, the ball in the back of the net at times, especially when they're needed right now. So if Chirizo does come back, which uh, I kind of hope he doesn't because I really want him to recover well from his injury. I don't want there to be any lingering pain or any lingering sensation. You know, I want him to fully come back at 100%, not like 95, 85%, you know. I want him fully fit and I want to make sure, you know, there's no risk of re-injury really. Because if we're struggling like this without him for three games, just imagine, you know, three more weeks or heck, who knows, Hopefully not three months, you know. So I just want to make sure that he's completely fit and ready to go. Once he feels that you know this isn't bothering me anymore, and I can go for let's say maybe eighty minutes. Yeah, no,
1: yeah, I think and I think uh, Greg Vanny echoed that. He they really want to bring Chicharito back when he's fully one hundred percent. Uh, Johnny, Alex brought up a great point about the bench, right, about Augie Williams and obviously Zubak being able to step up because this is definitely the time to step up if you're Augie Williams. And, you know, Greg Vanny the other day, uh, two, a couple of weeks ago, he pretty much called Augie Williams and pretty much said, that you know, I'm paraphrasing here, that the effort wasn't you know wasn't there since he signed his his, his first team deal, and uh, you know I think obviously when a coach calls you out, you <laughs> I mean you you got to step up you know so I think this is definitely a time for Augie Williams. I know he played. I got to look back how many minutes he was able to play, but you know um, I mean we know Zubak is a staple, but you know I think definitely look at look at this when with Auggie Williams gets opportunity even if it's ten minutes. I mean you you got to try to find a way when when your team struggling. But Johnny, what, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Uh I think yeah, Augie Williams uh, played about around 20 minutes uh in that in that uh, in our last game with the white caps. And I think, yeah, it's a great opportunity for these guys. Um, you know, I love Ethan Zubak. I don't think he's that guy though. I just don't think he is. He doesn't really seem like uh like a worry on the field. I don't think defenses stay up at night thinking about okay, like what do we gotta do to mark Zubak? He always just kind of walks, like doesn't really know how to play with these guys. And it seems that the only time Zubak ever does great is with Chicha. So for asking him to perform without him, he just seems so lost. And that's how the entire season for us was last year in 2020. Zubak had that opportunity. He had, that, and he had so many opportunities to stand up and be that guy. And he just wasn't. And, and, and we've been saying this a lot is, hey, we need a backup striker. We need a backup striker. If I'm Zubac and I'm hearing that, he's got to change something because he's not, like, not going to be that guy. We're going to sign a backup striker and then we're not going to see Zubak for a while. Augie Williams, he's been on the, he's been getting more playing time. I think the last time we talked about this, I said I hope I can see him a couple times uh, before the season ends. And he's playing way more already than I thought he would. And it's the same thing. He's got to seize those opportunities, he's got to play with confidence, he's got to be able to, you know, make the make the center backs worry, make the D worry. And honestly, I just don't see that with either of them. They look so lost when they're on the field and they don't play like they're MLS players. And something I wanted to touch up on with the Chicha thing, real quick. Was that again? MLS is not like any other league in the world. If we're, t- if we had rele- relegation and promotion and you win the league with most points, I think Vanny would say, No, we need Chicha back. We got to mm-hmm. have this, this kid yeah. back. Yeah. But I think, and me too, like I think we're all saying this as well is that we know we can make the playoffs with this current team. Go as long as you can without Chicha and say, take the time you need, be the best you can be when you come back. Cause we're, we are, we're holding the house down right now. We're we're doing what we need to do and we're going to make the playoffs either way at this rate. I think Greg Vanny knows that. And I think that's why there's not really a lot of pressure to bring Chicha back. But as far as Zubac and Willie and Augie Williams goes, they just gotta, they gotta play like they're in the MLS. This, this is, this is the big boy league and I don't think I've ever, I don't, I've seen them play like that at all.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, um, uh, to your point on that, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for Augie Williams and I'm with you. I think you wait on Chicharito. Andy, I'm going to pass this question on to you from G-Man. He says, do you think Coach Giovanni was out of line for calling out Augie publicly instead of handling it internally?
0: No, I don't think so. I think that uh, Vani has earned enough respect in the league, obviously in this organization, but just in, M- in MLS in general. And I think it's good because you, you guys are bringing up good points. Like after Chicharito, what do you have? It's and. This is, this is not just a problem this year. It's not just a problem last year. It was a problem when Slotdown was here. It was a problem what you can't just have one person that scores all the goals. As great as Slotdown was, what did that get the Galaxy? Playoff exits, and that's that. So the same thing with Chicharito. He has what ten goals right now? The second closest to him on the team is is Kleshton and Revolutiona and with two each. So it's like you need more than than just just Chicharito being the guy. So when he gets out, you know, he's missing a few games and you see either Augie or you see um you see sue back and they're not doing, you know, not at least being anywhere close to productive, then of course it's going to, that's going to cause some frustrations. And I think honestly, if you hear a coach saying it to you in practice over and over is one thing, but him saying it that way might send more of a message than it would in practice. Like him being like, listen, man, I'm, you know, it's not like he did it with a malicious intent either. It was, you know, just a, a answer to a question that he was asked. So I, I'm a hundred percent fine with it. And honestly, you know, if that is the, the spark that a player may need for, you know, for any improvements or t- just to kind of get a clear message of like, Hey, this is an opportunity because these opportunities don't happen often in MLS. And this is a time that it's happening, not just Chicharito being injured, but they're also being players out for international duty. Like these are opportunities that these younger players have to step up and, and teams around the league are going through this everywhere. So it's like, if you need especially goals because you know that your star striker is out, then you got to light a fire under whoever it's supposed to be those people, which is why I think the pressure is on Cabral and, and these younger players to, to do something. Because if you're going to rely on Chicharito, I'm sorry, man. We already see what happens when a team like the Sounders set up a wall and just supplicate him. Like it's not going to go well for the Galaxy if they just rely on that one player to score goals.
1: Yeah, no, and I'm with you. on the Kevin Cabral point, uh, G Man, I was the one that asked the question. I asked, I think uh, I asked him, like, you know, I was like, what are you, uh, I forgot what I asked, but I just asked, like, Vanny, um just something along the lines of you know when we could see you know Augie Williams uh, I will say I was surprised at how honest and upfront he was uh, about essentially calling Augie Williams but to, to Andy's point like Greg Vanney has earned the, the respect to, to, to say that because it didn't come out like you know malicious or anything like that it came out it came out truthful but I also think when a coach does that it, it does it to motivate its play to motivate the player you know and to say that like hey you're just not putting in enough work. And, you know, but since then, though, since I asked him, yeah, Augie Williams has been getting some playing time. You know, he got playing time the next game and he's been getting more. Obviously, now that Chicharito has not been available, he's getting more and more playing time. But I think that's it's definitely more on Augie Williams than on uh, Greg Vanny because, uh, look, if Augie Williams, a lot of people on Twitter were asking about Augie Williams getting some playing time, but we finally found out the truth. Why? And Vanny told us the truth. If, you know, if a player's not putting in the amount of effort that the coach believes a player should be on on, on the practice field, then it's very hard for a coach to want to trust them in a game game time situation. Right. You look, you look down the bench and it's right. The trust level is just not there. If you're not putting in in, in the work and effort on on the practice. So I think, you know, it's more on Augie Williams. Now, do we need him to come in and like score, uh, you know, 10 goals or anything like that? No, but impact the game, you know, go a little harder on practice. Right. Try to, try to see what Chicharito has done. And, you know, to try to replicate your, your game as close as you can. Obviously, no one can do all the things Chicharito does. But, like, when you have a striker like that and you, you've you had him in practice and you see his movements, the best thing about Chicharito is his movements inside the box and how he moves and how, how he knows where the time, time where the ball is going to be inside the box, you know. And I think that's, that's definitely a skill, but that's something you, he's definitely learned through his whole life. And I think those are different things that, you know – uh, obviously Zubak's not necessarily like that, but like uh, Augie Williams could definitely, could definitely has the speed, you know, he, he has agility to, to be able to time those runs and, and find those. runs. it's just, you know, you got to learn and you got to watch a little bit more of the film, but yeah, th- I think it's definitely more on, on Augie Williams and uh, you know, what he's been able, able to do uh, for this galaxy team, because uh, they definitely need someone else to, to score. Um, Alex, I want to ask you about, um, you know, obviously this game against RSL tomorrow, Obviously, in the in this game road, road road trip, what are your thoughts? What would be a successful road trip for the Galaxy? Obviously, we know they lost the first game.
3: Um, Just look like a confident team. Again, you know, in their last game at home against Dallas, you know, they dominated. They looked like they were the better team that day. You know, they had good possession of the ball, had good offensive uh, sprints, you know, creating chances. And that's what you want to see from this team. You know, we, we know some of our key players are missing. We just want to be able to show that, if they are gone in any situation, whether it be injury or sickness or whatever the case may be, you know, that we can step up in that position. I, 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 You know, obviously now, you know, we want to get all six points now, especially with, you know, the Sounders falling. And it looks like they may continue to fall with their upcoming schedule because they're heading to Austin. And Austin looks like a hard place to play right now. So we got we got to capitalize on that. You know, Andy mentioned too. You know, SKC missing three of their best players. Now going to lose one of their best players for the rest of the MLS season, maybe. So you know, now's the time to really step it up. And even beforehand, you know, um, Geo and uh, Eli, last time we came on, we were talking like, man, you know, what a successful road trip this can be. You know, Sounders look like um, really sure. vulnerable. SKC looks vulnerable. You know, we can get all nine points, be top of the West, top of the Supporters Shield. Uh, you know, standings. But, you know, unfortunately, kind of a bit of a fallback from reality from that point on. So uh, I just want to see that our team can create chances, play well on both ends, offense and defense, and just overall look like a solid team and a team that's hard to break down, you know. Uh, I understood I understood that, um, you know, Vancouver, they did well. You know, they kind of have a little bit of a recipe of how to kind of, you know, push the Galaxy a bit more and make it difficult for them. But I'm really, really glad that, uh, you know, we're we're kind of seeing this, these learning curves because as I mentioned, Ethan Zubak has said, you know, we try not to lose back-to-back games. And I think this game against ourselves can be a big test and see if that statement could continue to stay true. Yeah. No,
1: I mean, you make a great point and uh, G-Man also brings up another great point. Our uh, have that wonder one Ochoa going to be a battle. Of the walls of Ochoa versus Bond, which wall will crack first? I mean, I mean, Ochoa has look, looked amazing, even though they got the loss against LAFC this past weekend. Ochoa is looking solid. I mean, I, I he first caught my eye when he was playing with the uh, US Men's National Team, um, was it, the Gold Cup team, the team was trying to compete for the Gold Cup. Uh, Johnny, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, obviously Ochoa and the Galaxy playing this this week or tomorrow?
2: The thing is that what I saw against the, the Whitecaps, and you know, it's really basic, but it's, we weren't playing together. Derek Williams and Depew, they're fantastic. They can do this. I don't think Williams has played enough games to be comfortable yet. He hasn't. He came late in April, and then a couple games later got a red card and was gone for six games. Williams is still getting acclimated. Depew's fantastic. He's been, he's been surprising all of us the last couple of games. They can do it. That back line can do it. I hate to like make excuse. It was just a bad day. I think we had a bad day at the office against the Whitecaps. And the way to recover against RSL is to play together. If our back line is solid, Bond is going to be fantastic. We have the attack. I, I don't like, you know, like I said, I don't think Zubac is really ever going to be the guy. But Cabral, he, if he can make, and, you know, again, I am a Cabral supporter. If he can make the, like, the easy pass, like we're going to be perfectly fine. Most of the time when I'm watching the galaxy, I hate how we're like, how we'll pass back and we're afraid to be creative and all of that stuff. But with Cabral, it's the complete opposite. I want him to make the easy pass and I want him to pass back. He can do like when we make these links and we play together like that and we take our time and possess, we can be any team in the league. It's just those little, little issues that we have to tighten up. Use Grand Sear more Cabral, make the easier pass and Zubac try not to run aimlessly around the pitch and we'll be fine we'll, we'll we'll win the game we'll comfortably we can do that this this team currently can be the best team in the league and i and i firmly believe that but we just have to tighten up a little bit get our you know not be so mental about it and we'll be fine last game with uh, the white caps i think the really big issue was our work ethic you know when you saw you the second goal question gave the ball away and he was jogging he wasn't trying he wasn't sprinting he was jogging after um, the player and you know, our, our center backs messed up. We have to have a better work ethic and we have to play together and we're going to be just fine.
1: Yeah. and no, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, like, you know, he said, Ethan Zubak talked about one of the goals is not losing back to back games. I have not done that yet. Um, even if they get a tie that, that still holds true tomorrow. <laughs> so, I mean, the Galaxy haven't is. gotten
3: a tie yet this year at all. You know, it's either a <laughs> win or loss for the galaxy. Never in between.
1: <laughs> well, that can be good and bad, but so far it's been throughout the season has been good for the galaxy. Andy, uh, what what are your thoughts, obviously, going going into this game tomorrow for the Galaxy?
0: Yeah, you guys mentioned the, the, the back-to-back losses is a curious thing because he said that they mentioned that, you know, in their goals for the season early on, which is pretty interesting. Um, and the fact that they don't have to travel, the fact that they're already there is is definitely beneficial for the team, for, you know, fitness and whatnot. But if I'm being honest, man, RSL, like I said earlier, RSL is going to be a lot more of a tougher test than Vancouver was. Um this is a team that that is, is, you know, not making it easy for anybody in the West that they have to play. They they, you know, they've shown teams that they're not gonna be push over. They're not afraid to go and, and try to get games. So I think Vanny has his work cut out for him because you know what happens in this last game. He knows that like Johnny had mentioned, it was kind of just a bit of a disconnect, whether it was defensively, midfield, just something that wasn't linking up there that, you know, needs to get fixed, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whatever the case may be. But um, It's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. And they're going back to the same thing. It's like, okay, you're playing in this altitude. You're you're trying to make sure that your player is at, at peak fitness, but it's not easy. Like I, like you guys mentioned, Williams is just getting acclimated again. You have Ravel's son that was, uh, you know, playing this cramps, and you don't know. He probably will be fine bouncing back, but that's something you have to monitor as well. So these things start to add up, and that's why these middle-of-the-week games are always so difficult. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Galaxy lose this game. I also wouldn't be surprised to see them win it. But I, like I said, I think this would be a much more uh, tougher test, especially with G-Man mentioned. When you have a keeper of that caliber that's been playing so well. And RSL is going back home after a game in, here in L.A. that they probably thought they should have gotten a point out of at, at the bare minimum. So they're going to be hungry to, to try to, you know, get some points back on the on the board and, and close those gaps in the West. So um, one one note, uh, this re- this regionalized schedule that I hate so much in MLS, like they have to play Vancouver and Salt Lake right again in August. Like the first two uh, games in August are are back to back games against Vancouver and Salt Lake uh, here, obviously in Carson. So um, it's opponents that you know what they're gonna what they're gonna bring, and you can't really make any excuses at this point. You're gonna have to go and, and give them your best, whether it's Zubac, whether whoever else is out there. But I'm gonna make my bold prediction here. Samuel Grant, sir, finally scores a goal because he's been, <laughs> nice. why not? He's finally going to get it. He's finally going to get it. He's been so close lately, very close. Man, he when he gets that, that close in that last game, I was like, wow. That was." I mean, like, you guys kind of mentioned it earlier. Like, he's doing, I think that when he first got here, everybody was like, oh, my God, like, he needs to do something. But now he's shown that he's actually, like, contributing in other ways and not just scoring, whether he's on the right side, whether he's on the left side. You see him kind of tracking back a little bit. But that's the aspect that he, that's missing from the Cabral win. But it's like he's doing everything but scoring, man. Like he's taking on defenders, he's being aggressive. Yeah. Like like he's he's playing well. So I think he finally gets a breakthrough and if you get that, you know, that monkey off your back, whatever the so-called term is, then I think that's gonna be good for them. So we'll see what happens. But I think he's I think he's gonna have a good game and I think he'll score. I think he's yeah. like
3: hit the post three times in like the last three games too. So he's been really, really close. Yeah,
1: no, uh, G Man says not one, not two, not three. <laughs> but uh, no, <laughs> I, really I mean, in
0: Vancouver, man.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I quickly want to look at uh, the standings right here. Um, we got the standings. I'm going to pull up the standings. It's um, so obviously Galaxy end up are, are in third place, right behind uh, Kansas City, obviously with 26 points. Galaxy have 24. Seattle uh, has 29 points. And right behind them, obviously, you got Colorado in fourth place with 21. LAFC in fifth place with 21 and then Minnesota with 18 and Portland with seven. So, I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not, I mean, they've stayed consistently at third. They haven't moved from that third spot for the last couple of weeks. Um, You know, uh, you expected them to get the win um, last game, but unfortunately that didn't happen, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. And I think it's going to be a very, very interesting game because it's, I think, you know, the the thing about the the midward games that that you brought in uh, Andy is like, the injuries, right? If a revolution, you know, is a, if the calf is really bothering him, then he may not play because you know there's there's another game on Friday or Saturday or whenever they play at FC Dallas, and you know, so I think that's going to be interesting to see if Greg vanny decides to play him and how much he, he decides to play him, and I think that's that's going to be interesting. But the positive thing for the Elagax is they didn't have to travel; they they stayed there, right? Uh, and and Utah and real shot like They stayed there, so that's the positive for them. They get they get adjusted to the weather. Um, a little bit of that altitude over there in Utah. So we'll see how that 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 helps them uh, moving forward uh against uh, against this RSL team but it's 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 gonna be a, a tough one. It's gonna be a tough one because we see we saw I mean against LAFC we saw the counterattack how, how quick they were on that counter attack when they scored their goal against LAFC. Uh, they're they're quick off that counter attack, right? And you don't want to be caught sleeping if you're the LA Galaxy um on RSL. Um but yeah I think uh I wanna add oh G Man says Johnny Bolin greater than Johnny Bravo.
2: <laughs> That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Bravo. Um, but yeah, um, if there's anything, do you guys have anything else to add before uh, we finish things up?
3: Um, I'll just say one thing. Um, I, I'm really, really, you know, feeling that this team's really missing Sebastian Legette. You know, we saw his assist, you know, crossing it into the box and for Shaq Moore. I feel like we're missing that on our team right now if you couldn't get those kind of quality passes from Legit and, you know, he saw that he assisted Cabral for his first goal, we kind of need that right now. You know, I don't think Zubak is going to be able to score from inside of the box by himself, so we kind of need those kind of crosses and passes inside the box diagonally for a striker like Zubak or Cabral or Grenzier, etc., whoever it may be. So I think the one piece that we're really missing and whose worth is really going up because he's playing good for the U.S. men's national team and for the LA Galaxy. So Sebastian Legette's the player that we definitely need back soon. So should we just call him and be like, you know what, enough with the Gold Cup nonsense, come back to the Galaxy.
1: <laughs> you already won one trophy
3: with them. You already won one trophy with them.
1: Just come back. <laughs> you already won. You already won nation leagues. You know you don't need the Gold Cup. No, I'm, I'm with you. But I, I, you know what, I will say though, I I think Cabral. You know the thing that I see Cabral's greatest asset and what he doesn't do enough of is going one on one with the defender on the wing. You know, and I think. With that going one on one, I think he can score um, on on his own because he has a speed, he has the agility, he has he has a you know he's quick with the ball and stuff. But I think maybe it's the confidence wanting to go on one on one. Obviously, maybe the offense is not set up that way for him. But I think sometimes it, if it's Cabral and the defender, nine times out of ten, I would trust Cabral to take on the defender. But I don't think I don't see that confidence necessarily of him just yet. I think that's the thing that's missing because if he's able to take on, you know, defenders one-on-one on on the left wing side a couple of times, you know, he doesn't have to do it every single time. But, I mean, with the speed, with his agility, he can definitely get past the defenders and, you know, try to get one-on-one with the goalkeeper. I think we did see it one time at home and he just missed it. But uh, I think we'll we'll have to see what happens moving forward. Um, But, yeah. But uh, last comment for uh, G-Man. Cabral has identical twin. What Kevin is trolling us and the person playing is – (laughs) (laughs)
0: I got two things. Number one, I think I'm excited for what's ahead for the galaxy because I think after this, you know, the, let's just say July is ending here with these three games. And then we move into August, but the end of August is very important because they have the Cali Classico, they have the Trafico, the all-star game is missed in there. And then it's like more than halfway done with the season. I think that's really when we're going to be able to assess the galaxy moving forward. If, if they're really, you know, going to be a contender, I mean, there's still going to be like 13, 14 more games left at that point. But by that standard, at the end of August, you might be able to have a lot more of an understanding of, like, okay, we got these players back. Um, what do they have? What, what do they, how do they move forward? So I'm excited for how that plays out. And two, uh, today, happy anniversary to Galaxy fans, Latan Ibrahimovic oh,
1: against
0: yes. LAFC, which I'll never forget because that was an amazing game to be at. Um, this is a great time. So I had to throw that out there.
1: I, I was gonna say it, it. It was like they ended up being LFC three two. with gala, uh, three goals, uh, hat trick. I remember him scoring that first goal. And I was like, no way, no way. And I, I still it. think
0: that was the best goal of the season last
1: year. I, yeah, I could, I couldn't believe like how he just like flipped it over and just like volleyed it. And I was like, wow. I was. It was just like some of the things that he did. It's like, damn, you know. And you're like, well, he's like, he was like 38 or whatever. How many, how, however old he was. But I was like, man, you know. You you really got you really get to see, um, the greatness of Slotan. uh Final thoughts. Was loud
0: that day. Loud. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it was it
1: was it was loud. Johnny, final thoughts.
0: All I
2: want to tell, uh, I, I'd like to say to all the Galaxy fans is relax, relax. We have all of the tools. We have. Like every type of player that we need to win championships. Give, I know this sounds crazy. I said this last time, I'm still going to say it. Give Cabral time. He's going to find his place. Last time I said he was going to score a goal, I knew it. Look at that. He did it. Their the game right after. We have this. It, we're a great team. This is a, actually feels like a rebuilding team. And just like you said, Gio, we're very competitive in our rebuilding year, which isn't usually a thing. So we're in a great spot right now, even though we just lost to the bottom, the team on the bottom of the table, we're still in a fantastic spot. And when everybody returns and our team is at a hundred percent for the first time this season, we are going to be fantastic. And that's it.
1: Yep. No, I, I mean, I completely agree. I feel, I definitely don't I do not feel like the panic buttons there for me, for the Gaxi. Obviously a, a loss is never, it's never uh, something that you want to say it's okay, but you know, with everything going on, you know, you, you know, the future is bright for the LA Galaxy this summer. one um,
0: hey, to that one quick thing, you know, to just give me a yes or no to, to Johnny's point. Do you believe that the LA Galaxy could compete for a Supporters Shield this year? I think I know Johnny's answer already.
1: Supporters Shield. The way the standings are set up, uh, they're what five points behind the the Seattle Sounders. Yeah, I can see that.
2: Yeah, could yeah. definitely see and that. Think- they compete. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, again, it's, it's when we're at 100%. I think all the Galaxy fans right now should be happy because we had a horrible, horrible last couple of years. So I feel great right now, man. We just lost to Vancouver, and I still feel great. I'm so stoked. <laughs> and I think, like, I, we absolutely can win the Supporters' Shield. But, you know, me personally, like, I got to be honest, I don't care about the Supporters' Shield. I don't care. I want to win the MLS Cup, dude. Yeah, I want to win the best team of the end of the season. I don't care about the Supporters' If we get it, dude, I'll throw it off to the side. Whatever, man. Give me the MLS Cup. That's all I care no, about. We, we're
3: going for heads go. out here. Supporters' Shield me. is <laughs> very, much un- very overrated, in my opinion, to be honest. Like, yeah, you know, you were the best team for the regular season. But, I mean, no one's going to care about that the year afterwards they're gonna care about you if you won the big one you know
1: that's true that's true exactly. and we obviously we all know the big one mls cup well that guys that's gonna wrap the, the the show for tonight uh, a great show i went by pretty fast everybody in the chat uh thank you guys for tuning in everybody on you know youtube twitter and uh facebook as well thank you guys for tuning in so for alex for andy for johnny this is geo we'll catch you guys next time bye everybody